On this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus and I are going to be talking about college football futures, where he sees some value and surprisingly some value on the favorites. We're going to be talking about uh, the new Fox show, Lock It In, which Rufus hasn't watched yet. So it's a pretty unintelligent conversation, but we still managed to talk about it for a while, irregardless of that. And finally, we'll be talking about the NFL giving our picks, trying to follow up in general with our wonderful week one with some great week two picks. As always, the Bet the Process podcast is brought to you by the Sports Action or the Action Network, the Action Network app, the app itself, which is a great app, which is a wonderful app to track scores and to see odds and to track your bets. Tracking your bets actually in the app is awesome because on a college football day, when you have that many bets going, you need to understand and see which you can sometimes forget what you even have. So uh, I would download it because it's free. And with that, let's start the process. Season two of the Bet the Process podcast, starring myself, Jeffrey Ma, and my partner and friend, Rufus Peabody, who is in Boston right now, I believe. About uh, to head to Montreal. It's so sad that you're not like traveling around the world anymore. I was actually telling someone uh, yesterday about your worldwide travels because she had just gotten back from Peru. And she didn't, she went to Peru and didn't go to Machu Picchu. So I could tell you haven't been since you said Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. I always say it wrong, whatever. Anyways, uh, okay, well, let's jump into college football because you obviously don't want to play my reindeer travel games. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go to a recap of last weekend's games. Um, what were some things that jumped out at you? Were there any things? Um, that were surprises from a grade game standpoint, a game grade standpoint, teams that probably looked better than we thought. Like, what about a team like Stanford? Did, did they really have a, a a jump up in your in your standings or or not? Stanford grades out as twenty fifth. USC is thirty first. So I, I didn't think either of those teams played that that great games. I think I've said this before, but I think there's more predictive value in offense than defense, and especially early in the season when you don't have. Um, a huge sample. I think having a really good offensive performance is going to kind of move the needle a little bit more than a great defensive performance, which Stanford did have. So I actually like. I thought it was a pretty boring weekend overall. Do, there weren't a lot of big games. Do you think? Do you think that's a weakness in your model? Meaning, like, it's got a bias towards offensive performance early in the season, um, and and it's like the model isn't necessarily saying that defense isn't important. It's just saying that defense is less predictive. Um, you know, I think it's saying that the, I think offense is more important generally because it is more predictive there. You can control more on offense, I guess, than you can on defense. I, I would take the number one, a team that has the best offense in the league and an average defense over an average offense in the best defense, like 100%, because there is more variation in quality of offense than quality of defense. But I mean, I, I think it does take more time to sort of really jump to any conclusions about how good a defense is. And so I guess you could say that is a weakness in the model. Um, but it's also, I think, a strength in the fact that we're not overreacting to sort of a, a small sample size with regard to defense. I wonder if a team had sort of like a outlierly good defense, if that would, I mean, how much would that skew your model positively for them? I guess is the question. You know what I'm saying? Because if there's, if you're saying there's like less variance or less of a spread or less of a distribution, then if you had like a historically great defense, would that make a team sort of like historically great, I guess? I mean, I think so. Alabama was that team, I feel like, last year. And right now they have we have them with the number one defense in football. But they're they're followed right, I mean, by Clemson and Michigan and Auburn, like in Georgia, kind of all right behind. So they're all within a point. Whereas so and, and like Alabama's defense is 14 and a half points better than average, according to my numbers. Their offense is 
16 points better than average, but that only ranks as the fourth best offense, whereas the best offense is a whole 17 and a half points better than average. So there is, I mean, you're right. It's it's not that big of a difference, I guess, but but it is significant. What about Georgia? Um, Big win against South Carolina. I was obviously on the wrong side of that game. Um, they were no not first last week, right? I think I think you said that Alabama had leapfrogged them. Did Georgia leapfrog them back? Georgia did. They're, they're number one by three tenths. Sorry, not even three tenths. Three one hundredths of a point. Thirty point five three for Georgia. Thirty point five zero for Alabama. So, yeah, Georgia had had played played a phenomenal game according to the game grades. I, they were the number two game of. Uh, they were the, be- the second best team of the weekend. Number one was Ohio State blowing out Rutgers 52 to three. And then Penn State over Pitt uh, was number three. Boise State against UConn, 62 to seven win, number four. And then number five was Mississippi State. They won by 21 on the road against Kansas State. So Georgia, yeah, they moved up a lot. And I think, um, you know, South Carolina was supposed to be a very good team. And, and South Carolina is one of our big uh, movers the wrong direction. They, they fall from number 18 to number 26. I didn't actually see the game. I, I saw a little bit in the first half when it looked kind of close. And I was like, man, Georgia doesn't seem to look that good based on the one possession I saw. But I'm guessing you watched the game? Yeah, I watched some. Um, and and I thought, you know, Georgia's got a lot of talent. The, the two quarterbacks that they have are, are really strong. Um, and I think you're just seeing generally like the, you know, the effects of having that many good recruiting classes in a row. They just have a like a lot of talent and yeah, so, you know, that it's this, this idea of recruiting being really important in college football. I mean, I think you, you're just seeing it, you know, in Georgia right now. Uh, that's like saying good players are important in college football. They are, they are. That's actually, the best yeah. players. You're going to be yeah. pretty good. So, so did I it mean, look like the absences of, of, um, of their stable of running backs of Chubb and, and Sony Mitchell, Michael, I don't even know how to say his, Michelle, la- his last name. Michelle. Yeah. Michelle. Michelle. Um, did that, that didn't seem apparent to you at all? Well, I mean, they have they DeAndre haven't. Swift still, and he's really good. Um, you know, I think, I think they're going to be okay. I think that the bigger thing is now the quarterback, um, position for them is going to be very strong. Um, and so I, I think that, you know, it'll, it's going to be interesting because I think this is a good sort of dovetail into your Washington post article, um, which essentially was saying kind of what we said on the podcast last week which was this idea that like there's not a a huge amount of of uh long shots etc that are going to make that that have a chance to make this college playoff it's like we almost know the usual contenders right now and you know again in the sec it seems like alabama georgia with auburn kind of like having an outside chance um and so those games obviously down the road are going to be um, the things that that sort of determine this this national championship picture are, are there you know sort of counter to that article and and this is an article that Rufus wrote for the for the Washington Post that he writes every week are there counter to that article any long shots you know outside of sort of the the five teams or six teams that we talked about so I guess the six teams are those three SEC teams Ohio State um, Oklahoma and um clemson are there any teams outside of that that you would be interested in um as sort of a national champ like if let's say if you and i did a snake draft right now of the top eight teams um what would the seven and eight teams be for you okay that's a good question first off i want to say auburn is not in that top group auburn is is in this sort of second tier behind the top five and i I mentioned this in the article while while they're basically just as good as oklahoma they just have such a a brutally tough path, a tough schedule. They have to play. Um, they play LSU at home. They play at Mississippi State. They play at Georgia, and they play at Alabama. So, I mean, they're going to have to. It's going to be very hard for them to make the playoff if they don't win that game at Alabama, because I don't envision a scenario where Alabama comes in with more than one loss. So Alabama would win the tiebreaker if they win that game and go to the SEC title and. If, you're, if, if their only loss was to Alabama, maybe there's a chance, but then they still have to, you know, it, it's, it's just a really tough road for Auburn. Um, but Auburn is in that second group. So so we have the top five, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma. After that, I don't think there's there's really not a lot differentiating uh, the next four teams, which are all between 15.0 and 14.5%. And that, that would be um, 
Penn State, Virginia Tech, Washington, and Auburn. And I think that the team that sort of flies under the radar there is Virginia Tech, where I actually see some value on them in futures. The Westgate has them at 60 to 1, and my numbers make them 52 to 1. Uh, we, we project them at 10 wins and two losses. And, and if they, you know, they come out of the ACC, um, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that they're the clear number two in the ACC at this point. So they're, that's similar to last year. I feel like when their game against Clemson gave them an opportunity potentially to, to, to be in the national championship. Right. And, and they were what, like, I I assume so they're going to have to play Clemson potentially twice, right? Once in the regular season and once in the national champ and once in the ACC fine uh, championship, right? So do they, do they they do play Clemson, right? They're in the same are they in the same uh, side of that that um I think they played them last year. I'm not even sure. We're really Because afraid. if they're not, I mean, you, you know, they you don't play everybody in the conference. So right. it's it you know, some teams like for example, Alabama, like Auburn has sort of crap end of the draw in the fact that they have to play Georgia. Yeah. Whereas uh, Alabama doesn't. I'm opening the sports action app trying to figure out if I can figure this out from their schedules. I, I, but... I, I can just Google Clemson football. Or <laughs> I don't like to football. type because then I make noise on my computer and then you it's yell true. at me about it. So <laughs> I do. I don't I lo- yeah, I don't like getting yelled at by you. Oh. Uh, um, it looks like they actually do not play Clemson, which is probably why their odds are so high. Because they're only I mean, that, that would make their like once. their schedule. I think their schedule is generally, I mean, tough enough. They play they play Notre Dame. Um, that's in Miami. The, Notre Dame and Miami are the tough the tough guys in the schedule there. So, uh, where do they if, play if, Notre if Dame? They play Notre Dame. I believe that is at home. They they play home against Notre Dame on the road against Miami. And so, yeah, I think that. I mean, and then would they they would play Clemson? I would guess in the uh, in the ACC title. And so, uh, you know, if they go undefeated, they're obviously, and in, in a one loss ACC, t- like if, if they have one loss, they still have a chance for sure, depending on how, how things fall in the other conferences. What would you think between like a one loss Virginia tech and like a one loss Washington? I feel like the media, I would think give you'd get a one loss Washington in before just because if, if uh, that's assuming in that, in that situation, that Clemson um, was the one team going for. I, I can't see the ACC getting two teams. Is I guess what I'm saying. Oh right, right. But I, I, could, I agree. But I mean, like one loss ACC champ Virginia Tech, and over one loss Pac-12 champ Washington. But in, in that scenario, you're saying Clemson doesn't get in. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I get what's that. Yeah, I'm saying Clemson doesn't get. In. I'm oh. saying Clemson has a loss or two. I think you're going to get a. I think in that situation, you'd get a one loss Virginia Tech. I mean, one loss Virginia Tech that beat Clemson in the ACC right. title game, uh, you would think it's in over a, a one loss Clemson that lost to Virginia Tech in the title game. Previously, yeah, yeah. Clemson, so. I like this because Clemson. We, I like this Virginia Tech narrative of uh, so fifty-two to one is the fair price. Any of you guys that want to try to get out there and and get some buy some Virginia Tech and put them in your portfolio and. Hope that they can beat Clemson once in the national championship in the ACC championship game. Um, do it. The Run thing is, though, like right it, it seems like you know the the other teams they're sort of clumped with Penn State, Washington, and Auburn are all better teams, but Virginia Tech has a better path, and and it looks like the odds on those other teams, um, Penn State, like Westgate has them at thirty to one, Auburn at ten to one, and Washington at twenty to one. So they're in that same tier, but they're getting they're they're not priced like it. Right. No, and they're, I think that, yeah. they're definitely not in the same tier in terms of actual, like how good they are, but they are the clear number two in the ACC with a chance to win. And the ACC is still better than the Pac 12. Yeah. I just, I just think because you haven't heard their name in the mix um, in the last few years in terms of like the actual national championship, the playoff um, debate, that it takes a little while for, people to sort of catch up to the fact but they have that you know the good young coach and um they obviously have played great this year so i'm um i could i could i could see getting on the the hokey bandwagon no can we get yeah no no i I definitely could see that although you you know who i see is even more mispriced right now um is is georgia 
Still, Georgia, huh? Georgia, right now I have them as the favorite to win. I mean, they have an easier path than Alabama because they're in the SEC East. They do play Auburn, but they don't have to play Bama. And so uh, I have them as 60% to make the playoff, uh, 47% to win the conference, and and uh, 23.5% to win the national title. So Westgate has them at 8-1 to one, and Alabama at one plus 140. So I think there's those teams are – and as, as – we said uh, Georgia's number one, Alabama's number two, but they're basically identical in terms of team quality. And yet what is your what, so differently? What is your uh, true price on Georgia? Plus three twenty six. So I think that's a that's that's over a hundred percent return on investment. And that would be assuming my model's one hundred percent correct, which of course it isn't. But I, I still think. Wait, are you sure? A lot of value there. Are you sure it isn't? It's one hundred and three percent correct, actually. Um, do you have you noticed that people say that? a hundred percent a lot these days. Like you'll talk to someone and they'll be like, Oh, when they're agreeing with you, they'll say a hundred percent. You haven't noticed this. It's crazy. I haven't. Is it a San Francisco thing? It might be like a tech bro thing, but maybe. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Let's move on to, so two futures that we kind of called out that are interesting. Georgia still has a ton of value. If you can get them at eight to one, I'm looking at Chris has them at six to one. Still great. Um, still value there. So um, run out, fly to fly to Vegas. Um, be nice to have some Georgia and some Virginia Tech in your pocket when they play um, in the national championship finals. Um, okay, perfect. Um, you want one more team? I got one more. It's kind of sure. a repeat, but Oklahoma. I make them still. true price of eleven to one. You can get fifteen to one still at Westgate. Apparently, nobody went out and bet that because it was fifteen to one last week. They're fifteen to one at uh, Chris still. Still, actually, they're plus fifteen oh one, so slightly Ooh. better value at Chris. Exactly. Uh, okay. Um, on to this week's picks. Did really well last week, so I think um, I'm not going to give it picks anymore um, the rest of the season and stay on my three and two record. Um, for college, that's very good for me. But just to review last week's picks, uh, I had South Carolina minus 10 or plus 10 versus Georgia, which was a loser. I had Arizona plus four over Houston, which was a super loser. But then I had Colorado plus three and a half, which was an outright winner. I had Michigan minus 28, which was a big winner. And I had Stanford minus five and a half over USC, which was a winner. Rufus had Cal plus three over BYU, outright winner. Arizona State plus six and a half over Michigan State, outright winner. Cincinnati plus one over Miami of Ohio, which was a huge outright winner. Rutgers plus 35 over Ohio State, which was a loser. And Alabama minus 35 and a half, which was a winner. So overall in college last week, we went seven and three. Um, on to this week. And- I'll take my four and one. Yeah, it's really good. We should yeah. start tout. We should start touting. We're gonna tout. I resisted uh, the urge to tweet it out. Be like four and one on college football picks. Bitches. Well, you can say four and one and four and one so far this season. Yeah, eighty percent year to date. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna start. Energy. I'm gonna start with uh, Memphis minus twenty seven and a half over Georgia State. Um, I'm going back to my their motivated situation because they didn't play well against Navy. And uh, I also think Georgia state's bad, really, really bad. Um, I feel like Memphis is going to be able to sort of name the score there. That's what you get for really great handicapping. Name the score, name the score, name that score. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they want to name a score that's more than 27 and a half. That's all. Yeah. I don't think that's, that's an awful pick. Uh, you don't think that's I don't pick. think it's like, I, yeah. Thank you. I wouldn't fade it. What's that? That I wouldn't fade it. Nice. Um uh, my first is that all you got for that? Yes, that's all I got for that. My first uh one is gonna be I'll take Miami laying ten points against Toledo because you know how much I like the Mac. I think a yeah. bit of it, that's a bit of a re- overreaction to Miami's uh loss and their season opener and to it was LSU. In yeah. a game which, even though based on my Twitter account, not watching the game, it seemed like Miami was god awful. Like they didn't grade out that bad, and so I think maybe the perception. I think they were god awful in the like we mentioned this. They were god awful in the first half, and then they really made a big push in the second half. So that probably made their game grades look a lot better. But was it in garbage time? Like, cause I de weight lower leverage situations. 
I mean, it, it was like, like it was wasn't a, total it was, garbage time. It wasn't total. I wouldn't call it total garbage time, but there wasn't really a chance that Miami was going to win that game. So if there's no chance, then it would be deweighted pretty extremely. We'll but see. either way, I like Miami minus ten. I think like that spread should be uh, eighteen. So that's interesting. It's a lot of value. It's a lot of value. That is a lot of value. A perceived value. Uh, I'm gonna take Kent plus three third plus 35 over Penn State. Um, I guess I'm maybe overreacting to Penn State's initial sort of performance this season and I just think that seems like a lot of points. 35 is five touchdowns in case you didn't know. So what do you have that what what's your line on that game? Uh, my line is Penn State minus 46. Wow Kent is just unbelievably bad. They are so bad. huh. Like, like that's that's kind of my biggest pick of the week in a way. I mean, well, it's right, a well huge I'm, edge. Let's 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 let me take. Yeah, I think we kind of got to stick. We kind of no, got to no, stick with this, though, don't we? No, we can. I mean, no. I think in this situation, like this is you and I organically putting some picks down, and I, I mean, we've said this all along. Like, I'm not I'm not betting against your model. This is not. That's not my goal in life is to bet against your model. So let me let me go through my my list and see. Um, some of the stuff that I like has moved a lot. So let me just see. And some of it has literally moved stadiums. Humble brag. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, I don't know when, if I, when I bet the line moves. No, People it's not because I bet it. It's, it's no, that's not what I'm saying. Anyways, uh, let's skip that one. What's your second pick? Although, by the way, Kent State, well, my second pick was Penn State minus 35 over Kent State. Although Kent State, I just like looked like I looked them up. They they beat Howard by forty, and Howard beat UNLV last year or two years ago or something. But uh, yeah, I just had they did not have a strong recruiting class. I'll leave it at that. Okay, I'm gonna take that one off. So that is not one of my official. I'm not saying that I would like that game anymore, literally. So since you're taking Penn State minus thirty five over Kent, we had said this before. Like we're not gonna give you two sides of a game because we realize that's like talking out of both sides of our mouth. Um, my third game is a game that you have also, which is Syracuse plus three over Florida State. I'll let you kind of give your spiel on that since you have it as a game also. Yeah, I do. And, and I actually don't make the number that, um, I don't make the number that far off, but I also don't factor in the division one double A games at this point in Massey Peabody, but I'm able, I know some other, um, I'm able to factor that in after the model, but not in a way that that we the way we do it with Massey Peabody, I guess, is what I'm saying. So I'm never going to quote those like any anything different than the Massey Peabody model. However, Florida State barely beat Samford and would have won if they hadn't like picked off the Samford quarterback a gazillion times. So like they're, they're yeah, is that a record? A gazillion like, interceptions? A gazillion? Like they, weren't they like a they were a thirty something point favorite, right? No, I remember we we actually like run our second half model on the FCS FBS <laughs> games, but we don't actually play them. And there's we like liked... no no places post lines there, like not a, no none of the big. Sports it's just players. not worth the effort. And so oh. Sam Samford, yeah. Sam, we would have we would have liked Samford in the second half. Yeah. And I remember looking at one point and like Samford was like winning or something, and I was like, oh my god, that would have been that would have been fun to be rooting for Samford over Florida State. Yeah, it just seems like Florida State might suck this year, huh? I mean, like we had yeah. this conversation at the begin- in the first week where I was like, "Hey, these guys were a top five team going into last year. Lost DeAndre, DeAndre Francois, and all of a sudden now, can they really suck?" And it seems like they might actually suck. And last year, so, I was saying, "Hey, don't overreact. They're not that bad. They're not that bad." Yeah, all you season know, you were I'm, saying that, and then I'm they slow lost to react. And now I think they're not that good. Okay, so we are telling you Syracuse plus the three um my next pick is northwestern minus the 21 over akron feelings on that feelings Uh, Feelings. northwestern over akron you also have the same idea about the mac that i do anti-mac sentiment i am i i actually also love that pick i don't know why i I wouldn't have you know north i i'm not giving out that because there aren't two uh Two teams right. that are yes. these teams yes. are kind of yes. lower down. Rufus, but yes. we, 
you don't have to talk about this ad nauseum. That's like, I'm I'm big on does, that. Has anyone ever told you that sometimes less is better? You know, my whole life. <laughs> I was <laughs> gonna say. Yeah. Okay, next yeah, for I, you. I love that as well. Um, but you get you get that one. My next one is going to be Mississippi State laying 32 and a half against Louisiana Lafayette. Mississippi State jumped up. They were one of the big movers last week, jumping from 12 to 8 after they beat Kansas State by 21 on the road. They're, you know, yeah, their playoff hopes aren't amazing because they're in the SEC, but the SEC West and they have a brutal schedule. But this is a, uh, this should be a, cakewalk and Louisiana Lafayette is not very good. I think I, I make the spread on this one um, in the forties, well into the forties. So I guess on, on these big favorites, it does, you got to hope a little bit that, you know, when they're up like 41, nothing in the third quarter, they decide to, they, they don't just decide to like put in the walk-ons and, you know, but. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, uh Jeff, I see, you typing in, I see you typing in your alternate number two pick, and I actually yeah. like it. Oh, I like okay, it. good. We, we have a lot of agreement this week. Yeah, and I'm not, even, a lot looking of at your, not even looking at your numbers when I make these picks. I'm trying to reverse engineer them by getting into your Brian, brain. Uh, like Brian. Brian. Uh, Ole Miss plus 21 over Alabama. Um, again, like, look, if you look for value in college, like, it sounds like a lot of times value could be against some of these big teams, especially like Obama. Um, 21 points on the road. I don't know. Your numbers, if your numbers like it, I like it even more. Yeah, make it 18. Cool. Yeah. Your last pick? Okay, yeah, because we both had the Syracuse. Okay, my last pick, and by the way, four of my five picks this week are favorites, which is unusual. Washington laying six points against Utah. I, I, yeah, I just that- think... You know, I, I think before the season, that would have been a little bit higher. I think it's a bit of a re- overreaction to Washington losing to Auburn in a game where they played slightly better according to the game grades by about a point. But but basically, they played a, they played a good game. They just didn't win the game. And yeah, I, I, it's definitely a must win for them to, to have any playoff hope. For sure. Uh, my last pick is UCLA plus the one and a half over Fresno State. Um, UCLA at home, you know, talent wins at some level and hopefully they still have enough talent to beat Fresno state. <laughs> what's your lot? What's your line on that game? There was, was, there, was there no line for a while there? I don't know. Is there, look, is, is there an injury situation there? Uh, Might've been, might, might be the quarterback, right? Cause the quarterback hurt himself. Um, in he that hurt first himself. Week. Hurt himself. He did. He hurt himself. He had a boo-boo and ouchie. UCLA uh, plus one and a half. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm on the same side as you there. Cool. Uh, all right, let's That's move on line. to. So, just to recap, we gave you nine plays: uh, Memphis minus twenty-seven and a half, Ole Miss plus twenty-one, Syracuse plus three, Northwestern minus twenty-one, UCLA plus one and a half, Miami minus ten, Penn State minus thirty-five, Mississippi State minus thirty-two and a half, and Washington minus six. Rufus and I overlapped on the Syracuse game. Um, let's move on to this week in gambling news, sports gambling news. Uh, Fox launched their new show, Lock It In, uh, with some people like Cousin Sal and um, Clay Travis and Todd Furman and Rachel Benetta, who is actually a really she's she seems like a pretty good host. She's she seems like almost like a Katie Nolan knockoff. Um, but uh, you know, have you watched this show, Rufus? I have not. Okay, so I don't you need to watch it for next. You need to watch it for next week, just once. I don't just have to, cable. You can watch it online. You have to, <laughs> I bet. I bet. I bet yeah, a lot yeah, of this no, shit's online. There's actually some funny things about it. One is they can't do math correctly because they have a segment where they're talking about the actual lines um, or actual bets they're making out of a bankroll, and they for minus one ten are risking a hundred to win ninety. Well, it sounds so, like they're being generous. Maybe they're giving they're giving point nine zero nine zero to charity. I don't know. Well, oh, you mean the the gamblers are being generous, not the sports. Yeah, they should they should they should be getting yeah, they should so, be getting I ninety mean, point I, nine. I, Maybe they just I, round down. Having having worked in television, <clears throat> humble brag. Uh, 
we know i i think we both know that like you try to simplify things as much as possible and, and that's clearly what they're doing here i don't know why they wouldn't just say like betting 110 to win 100 which is like what every normal human being that bets sports would do. So it just, it's funny because like, it's a very nitpicky, silly thing to care about, but it just kind of like underlies the fact that like, they're not, they don't really understand what they're doing to some degree by just doing that, like oversimplifying that. It's like, I don't know the, the, the media so far, the media and and the show itself, I, I actually didn't think it was horrible. I actually thought, you know, Todd Furman, who's someone that I've been really, you know, so Todd Furman is the actual sharp, uh, the, wait, the smart what? guy. Yeah. Todd Furman is the sharp on the show. So he's oh, representing you, wait, like see the actor playing a sharp. No, he's he the sharp? guy that they're saying is the sharp. They're presenting him as the sharp. He's not you a know, professional better. I mean, cousins, he was, he, he, he worked at Caesars. I know that he was like a ticket writer. Everyone like, says, <laughs> I mean, but okay. Anyways, but, I'm I mean, actually gonna say something. Industry. I'm gonna say something like, nice about him. He's actually very yeah, okay. good on the show. If you watch, if you watch him on the show, I think he actually does a pretty good job. Um, right. And, By the know, way, I'm not. I, a t- that's not what I was trying to attack that or anything. Like, like I, you know, his ability to be a host or anything like that, or his industry knowledge. I'm just no. But you have to. What I'm saying is, watch the show. They're positioning him as the the sharp. Okay. And it's because cousin Sal is the everyman. I think I'm not sure what Clay Travis is supposed to represent, but essentially like those guys, that's the roles that the three of them are playing. Like Todd is supposed to be, you know, the industry insider, the sharp, the analytics guy, et cetera. Um, so anyways, uh, okay. Well, the industry I would say indi- that insider. you should watch you say- that show and it is going to make your head explode. You're going to get annoyed and you're going to text. You're going to, what's at me with like 8 million things that you didn't like about the show, but it'd be interesting to see. The second thing I wanted to talk about was this Khalil Mack trade. And it is driving me crazy how much mainstream media is killing the Raiders based on how well Khalil Mack played on that Sunday night game against. In one game. In one game. In one game. When Deshaun Kaiser essentially handed him the ball twice. Yeah. Right. Literally, literally handed it to him once. And the other time just basically was playing like that, that 500 game that you play with a football where you just throw the ball up in the air. And mm-hmm. Khalil Mack had no one around him and just caught it and ran it in and, and no one could tackle him. People don't understand that like what NFL teams have any, have had any consistent success when they've paid that amount of money to one player. Right. I remember like, when the Redskins got Albert Hainsworth, he was supposed to like change everything and you know how that turned out, but like, I'm not denying that, that Khalil Mack is a great player. I don't think people either like, of us are. But it's... like, you never trade away a Hall of Fame player. And that's what Khalil Mack is, a Hall of Fame player. Where he could be a Hall of Fame player. He could be. I mean, didn't didn't the Cowboys trade, like, everything to get Herschel Walker, a Hall of Fame yeah. player? Do people think that was a good trade? Like, well, history says it was an awful trade. Right. And, I mean, I know that this is a different sport, but, you know, the Celtics traded away Kevin Garnett and, and Paul Pierce at the, towards the end of their career. And, and that's predominantly why they are in the situation they're in, you know, right now where they're one of the best teams in the NBA, like making these types, especially since they're now, I think a lot of this is colored by the fact that the Raiders have made some very silly moves, right. When oh, they yeah. traded a third round pick for Martavis, Bryan, et cetera, all this kind of stuff. It, it's clear that they've made some mistakes, but the Khalil Mack trade, you know, if I'm a, a Raiders fan, I understand that trade. If I'm a Raiders fan that that is looking for the long haul, I understand that trade in that that Khalil Mack contract is going to doom our ability to be really successful in the long term. Getting first round picks, which we've talked about being more valuable now than they used to be, based on the way that salaries are slotted, um, it's it's. I I'm hard pressed to say that that was a bad trade for the Raiders. Oh, I, I still think I still stand by my fact that it's a good trade. And, and my Twitter mentions like blew up during the first half. People are like, that didn't age well when I tweeted it out about like about that trade before. And they're like, you sure? You know, like, like old, yeah. hot, whatever, old takes exposed or one of those things. And yeah, look, I mean, I, the whole point is cool. I mean, my, my point wasn't that Mac is bad or that he's not a great player. But I think trading him was the one thing the Raiders have done that is rational because they're not trying to win now. If they don't have the talent to win now, 
And Klumax 27, when they, let's say they're ready two years down the line, 29, he's still not going to be the player. He's not going to be the player at 29 that he is now at 27. And they'll, and they'll have this huge contract they're giving him. You know, I think the Bears made a big mistake trading for him now because I don't think that the Bears are a team that can win right now either. They don't have, and people say, one argument is, okay, the Bears are saving money at quarterback because right now they have Trubisky on a rookie deal. Um, but you can make the argument, that argument for any team that doesn't have a quarterback quarterback that's any good you know and i think trubisky is not a quarterback that's very good maybe well, maybe he'll I mean, it's maybe a little he'll, it's a little early right like i i think that we need to reserve judgment on like quarterbacks until like the third or fourth year you know but you know what coming out of college i thought he was an awful draft pick like okay everything predictive with college you, quarterbacks suggested you, he wouldn't be very good he, he are, to me he was what josh allen is i i don't think josh allen's gonna be any good either well, you are a card-carrying member of the Nathan Peterman fan club, so you Nathan know quarterbacks. Peterman is legitimately possibly the worst quarterback in NFL history. I actually, you know, I talk about you. When I go on Tony Kornheiser's show now, I always talk about you. They, like, know yeah. who you are. And I talked about how you had Nathan Peterman ranked as the 73rd best quarterback in the NFL. What did Tony say about that? They just laughed. They laughed really hard. And what's funny about it is, like, I kept saying – one, I was doing the podcast at like 5.15 in the morning here. But um, I kept saying the 73rd worst quarterback in the NFL and correcting myself because I just couldn't use the <laughs> word best and Nathan Peterman in the same sentence. Uh, well, that was 73 out of 74. And, and Garrett Gilbert was the one guy that was rated worse. And I feel like after last week, he, Garrett Gilbert is now better. <laughs> he, he made I don't know. Sean Kaiser's performance last week was maybe one of the most amazing things I've Deshaun it's, Kaiser's not in the top 50. <laughs> no, I, I know, but I know, and I know, but it's crazy to me how trouble always finds him in highly leveraged situations. You know, they yeah. were down 10 nothing, and he had made some decent passes. His team had made some good plays. He'd got them down to the red zone, and you just knew that something bad, that something Deshaun Kaiser ish was going to happen. And something brownish. I mean, maybe the hope was that like he leaves the Browns and then he becomes a regular quarterback because no quarterback when they go to the Browns ends up being any good. Well, this is like for him, it's just ball security. I mean, and, and it's the leverage of these turnovers that he creates. It's just, it's just, it's incredible. It's like yep. I feel bad for the dude because he clearly has talent. It's just like what for whatever reason, this trouble just always seems to find him. He had a ton of red zone interceptions last year, if I remember correctly. That's what I'm getting at. Exactly. They, they couldn't turn yards into points. But, you know, it, I'll be honest, it takes more skill to get those last few yards than it does any other yeah, yards. Yeah, for sure. Of course. You, know, you have to actually make throws into tighter windows. You have, yeah. like the, the field is constricted. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. Anyways, okay. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about is sort of a review of what value means. Um, and I'm, I, I'm saying this because I made my first eSports bet and I won it. Um, I, I took my nephew to the League of Legends North American Championships and I talked to a couple friends of mine that were really smart eSports people. And they told me to bet on Team Liquid over Cloud9 in the finals. Team Liquid was, was only like minus 140. There were a few reasons why they told me to bet on them. One, Team Liquid had all this experience, right? They had all these guys that had played in championships before, whereas Cloud9 was a team that went into the, into the, um, and, and I know that this is probably boring for people. But what I think is interesting for people is the analogies here. Cloud9 went into the regular season that year as a, like the number 12th seed or whatever. They were a team that completely overperformed all year, made it to the finals, made it against a team that had, talent elite talent that was recruited from outside of north america etc like they had brought in their you know like if, if it was the mls they had brought in their beckham or their zoltan abramovich or whatever you call it right and they were clearly the elite team from a talent standpoint and they were only minus 140 they ended up winning this they played best out of five they won all three games all all five all they went three and oh they swept them and when I was watching this game, even though I don't know shit about League of Legends, I felt like this line should have been like minus 300. And it reminded me a lot of the uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight, which we talk about it all the time as the example of sort of like what real value is in betting. And it brought me back to Jason McIntyre's tweet, um, which was about um, 
you know, this whole idea of, you know, value and betting. And he's, you know, he said he's spoken, one of his tweets was, I spoke to gamblers and finance guys and they all agree the wager doesn't make any sense. Finance you know, this whole, this whole idea that there, there couldn't be any value on Mayweather at sort of minus 500, minus 600, minus 450, whatever it was. Um, and it's just this not this not understanding value. Like people think a lot of times value means like, you know, upside in terms of like odds, like plus 1500 or plus 700 or plus 900 is always going to be value. That's not true. Value is any time where the odds, the actual odds are different than the odds you're getting and the odds you're getting are better significantly than what the real odds should be. And that can be minus 1500 if the true odds should be minus a thousand or sorry, minus uh, um, 10,000 or something like that. Right. In that McGregor situation, Mayweather situation, you know, Mayweather was probably should have been at least minus, you know, a thought minus what a thousand minus 2000 minus 3000. What, what should he have been? I well, think knowing what we do now, obviously, but like the way it played out, but yeah, I mean, I think there was this unknown component because, you've never had a guy transitioning really from MMA to fight a world-class boxer. And I think that um, world-class, so world-class, probably yeah, the, the best, best boxer, boxer in boxing history, of course. Yeah. From a record, who, but, but who is old. Standpoint. What's that? Right. Who is older though? Right. His best, his best days are behind him. But yeah, I mean, so, so, so there is a chance something random happens in a, it, or there's a chance that, that, you know, I don't know. The fight isn't like whatever that word term is to say uh like straight i don't know <laughs> but I, I you know i i think yeah it should have been like not fixed not fixed there we go okay but, yeah that's like, that, that's yes, enough on that. you know what you know what there's value every year betting super bowl props i find there's value betting no safety at like minus 700 minus 750 that's something that should be like minus 13 I think it's either something but, but we've talked about this. Then they make that spread yeah. so big now that like there's not there's not no, there is a ton of value betting the no safety every year. Oh. You would you want to put a, seriously that okay. that that is the same thing. The problem is you can't get as much down on, as you could on Mayweather McGregor, but if you could like that is a ton of value. We should all be living in like really big houses because we should have bet our entire bankroll on that fight. Uh, okay. Like, you bet your entire bankroll on no safety. Uh, and I think what two out of th- there was like two years in a row where there was a safety in the Super Bowl. So, you know, things crazy things can and do happen that are way unlikely, but that's why you don't bet your whole bankroll on anything. Okay. We need to get through NFL relatively quickly because my son is about to come down and invade us. And okay. he's, you, he's you not, always, you he's always not save NFL to be rushed, huh? But let, let's do well, it. you know, let's like get into it. But but the thing is, like, there's so many places that you can go get NFL betting content. So I feel like we uh, will touch on it in different ways. But I don't, also don't think we need to like belabor NFL just because that's what we everyone thinks you should do. Okay. Okay. So week one reactions. Um, you had the Saints as the number one team in the NFL. Do you still, or do they suck? I still do. And they actually have gone up a little bit despite losing what? as a 10 point favorite at home to Tampa Bay, who that going into not, the game was that projected does not to pass be, the laugh test. That does not Tampa Bay was projected to be the number 30 team in the NFL, according to Massey Peabody. Yeah. I mean, the Saints, the Saints defense was pathetic. And, but as I said before earlier today, there is more signal in one offensive performance in terms of, how your oh, offense this, does. This, this actually applies to the NFL also. Defense. Oh, yeah. More so in the NFL, actually. Got it. Because the difference, yeah. Because there is a big, the, the, the difference in true talent at quarterback is much bigger than, um, than other positions. So uh, the Saints actually were, let's see, 95th percentile in terms of their offensive yards gained. They were, um, they actually had a 72% play success rate, which is, incredibly high uh, to Tampa Bay, only having a uh, play success rate of, of 58.6%. Tampa Bay had six uh, pass plays of over 25 yards and one run play of over 25 yards, including um, two pass plays of over 40 yards. The Saints only had three pass plays of over 25 yards. So basically Tampa had these big plays, um, 
but but well, both team, both offenses were very prolific, averaging over eight yards per play, um, and were very good in terms of consistently generating yards. They both were thirty-one percent of plays gaining ten plus yards. Um, they weren't that far apart um, overall. Like Tampa Bay did grade a little bit higher, but not by much. And so, like, yes, the defenses struggled, but the fact that the offenses were that good is is kind of a good sign for both teams, actually. Although yeah. the fact that Tampa's eventually going to get Winston back, who knows, right? I, I, know yeah. how, I know what you feel about him. I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I always have. I mean, that was one of the reasons I liked that game last week was that I, I thought I didn't think there was that much of a downgrade from Winston to Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's true. Wait, wait the other thing, Jeff, is that um, Tampa won the turnover battle uh, plus two, so... Well, that as a good segue into our next game, which is the Steelers versus the Browns. Oh the Steelers uh, tied that game, obviously, but they were minus five in the turnover differential. So I don't think people understand that that to tie a game when you're minus five in turnovers is really, really, really impressive. <laughs> as as dumb as that sounds, it's very impressive, right? And the oh, Steelers sure. actually the Steelers actually outgained the Browns what by two point one yards per play. So they were really they really had dominated that game. And and I had the Browns in that game plus four. Um, and um, as I aforementioned, was at the League of Legends thing. So I didn't get to really watch that game, but was just kind of following it. Um, it didn't feel like the Browns were in that game and and from following it until right at the end. So, you know, I would guess that this is gonna create opportunities to bet on the Steelers because people are perceiving them to be down a lot. Um, and the reality was that game was probably an indication that they're 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 pretty damn good. Completely agree. I mean, the Steelers graded out 11th. Uh, the Browns graded out 29th. The Browns were much worse in play success, 30% to 43%. They only had 14% of their plays of 10 plus yards, 25% for the Steelers. It was just the turnovers. Turnovers matter. Turnovers matter a lot. A lot. Okay. Other old takes exposed. We both were down on this concept of Mahomes and Alex Smith versus Mahomes and whatnot. Do you want to revise your thinking after his wonderful performance or was 15 completions not impressive enough for you to feel like this is the second coming of Brett Favre? To be honest, I haven't looked at a stat line. Um, I, I see that they average 9.14 yards per pass play like it's very good some big plays on offense um in the passing game four plays of over 25 yards it's very good can i say that i also said that one of yes you did one of him can can we can we say that 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 deshaun watson looked like not an elite quarterback yes we can say that yes no 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 that's that if i I were gonna bet on any of those i would have bet on deshaun watson for sure i I thought like god this guy is you know, so yeah, okay, we're overreacting to one game. I, I think, think we're all overreacting. I think yeah. I think the question becomes going forward, as you evaluate Mahomes, how much will you start to change your thinking on him or how long will it take you to change your thinking on him? Because one of the reasons that you had San Diego over KC last week was a downgrade from Alex Smith to Mahomes. If that is not true, if if it is an upgrade, then the, there is a a flaw in your model, right? Yeah, I mean, I think there is a flaw in the model, and that it it's slow to learn. And for you know, if if I could integrate, if I integrated qualitative aspects like the fact that I know that Kansas City decided they wanted him to be their quarterback over Alex Smith, I mean, that says something. That is more. That is information that's not contained in my model, right? But sure, um, it's going to be sl- it's going to it's going to be slow to adapt because you know he started one, I guess, started two games so far in his career. One game that was meaningless. And so, I mean, we just don't have that large a sample. Right. Uh, any futures values out there for you? Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of the same teams as last week, to be honest. We got Seattle at 80 to 1. I make them 30 to 1. But among teams that are a little bit higher up there, Jacksonville at 15 to 1 at Westgate. I make them uh, 12 and a half to 1. Carolina, you can get them at 30 to 1. Uh, I make them 20 to 1. But they they did lose Greg Olson for what looks to be a while. Plus, they actually lose lost their best offensive lineman, Daryl Williams, and the guy that's replacing him is legitimately I can't even say his name, um, CeeLo something. He's C-Lo, legitimately CeeLo yeah. Green. Is it CeeLo Green? No, 
That'd be amazing. <laughs> but he's uh, he's legitimately this guy's like awful, and so that makes so that does make a, a difference, and that's not factored in there. But but thirty to one still seems pretty good. Um, Baltimore at twenty to one, they should be fifteen to one. The Redskins at fifty to one, they should be twenty three to one. Yeah, Baltimore, Washington, Baltimore, Washington, Washington, and actually. As a Skins fan, you must have been happy with that performance. They looked good. They did. Um, the metrics are all good. They they ran the ball very well, but I care less about the running. They were still efficient on the passing game, but their well, defense we, played. Their defense played very well. We're like a card carrying fan club for Alex Smith, so you know, God bless his soul, and hope hopefully he does well. Uh, next week we'll next week we'll do a little check in. We should check in on uh, on to win conferences because i think that last week that was where we saw sort of some of the most value so it'd be interesting to do a check-in on that um sure the some of the things that i i know that we we touted last week and i do say tout because anytime you put uh you know were some of these um ones that have actually started to come in a little bit we had seattle plus 523 which um is not value now but the Vikings plus 100 or even is val- has some value. The Broncos plus 387 has some value. The Jaguars plus 177 has some value. The Bengals plus 755 has some value. And I think the Panthers plus 310 must have some value also, right? Yeah, after the win and the Saints loss, definitely. They're yeah. actually the, the favorite in the division now, slightly. So not over 50%, but they're, they have a plurality of <laughs> percentage points. Got it. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our picks this week in the NFL. So last week, uh, we also had a good week in the NFL. So we, I had Cleveland plus four over the Pittsburgh, which we mentioned was a winner. I had San Francisco plus six and a half over the Vikings, which was a loser. I had the Bengals plus two and a half over Indy, which was a winner. I had the Bucks plus nine and a half over the Saints, which was a winner. And I had Carolina minus three over the Cowboys, which was a winner. So I was four and one. Rufus, you were had the Chargers minus three and a half versus KC. That was a loser. Seattle plus three at Denver, which was a push. Chicago plus seven and a half at Green Bay, which was a winner. And you had a lot of line value there as that line went down to like six, six and a half. Oakland plus four against the Rams, which was a loser and had and a lot of negative line value. Exactly. And then New, New England minus six versus Houston. So you were actually, oh, you were two, two and one, huh? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big winner. You know what? I the 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 picks like I should have stuck with just the Massey Peabody and stopped like getting let, letting this sort of individual player grade model get involved there because so we were it, six it, it, we were six three and one in the NFL. Six three and one in the NFL, seven and three in college. That's not too bad. But you know, I'm I think I'm beating you right now, aren't I? So, so you're I'm 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 six, seven and I'm seven I'm and six, three, three so and one. I'm six yeah, three I'm and seven, one, and you're seven I'm and three. Seven, okay, three. Yeah. yeah, you got the slight lead. Should we do? I was thinking maybe we do like a thousand dollar bet on this, where the thousand dollars goes to some charity, and maybe we let our listeners decide what the charity is. So the one problem with that, Jeff, though, is that like. Like that Penn State Kent game, what happens? Like, you know, you had the Kent pick and you wiped that off because this is, this so, is for this is for charity, Rufus. Okay, okay this okay. is not for your stake in life. <laughs> this is for charity, right? And this is to give our listeners value. Do you want me to admit at the end if I beat you that you are still a better football handicapper no. than I am? No, this I'm, is to decide. I'm very ready. I'm very ready to admit that. So I think I think this this is to decide who's the better handicapper. For our audience to make that decision, no, I'm fine saying that you're a better handicapper. This is not a this is not the issue to me at all. That's not what's it. Yeah. <laughs> what's at stake is who can beat who in this game right now that we're playing. And if it ends up being for a donation to charity, I think that that's a very nice thing. I think that sounds very nice as well. Okay, Did you know so- that my fantasy football league? Well, we have a thing this year where the last place team is going to have to do 20 hours of community service of the you first know, nobody- place team. You know, nobody cares about your fantasy football. Team. I know, but I think, but that's also charity. I think it's a good idea. Maybe, maybe the loser should have to do community service hours too. No, it, no, no. You don't have that. Kind I, of time. I, I'm fine with the. I'm fine with the financial donation. I'm not fine with the time donation. 
Okay. Yeah, thousand dollars in charity. I'm I'm completely fine. Okay, with that. we listeners, please tweet at us and suggest to us some charities that might be good for our for this contest to uh, to help. Some uh, charities that have the most positive EV in terms of the least amount of money going towards overhead and the most going towards actual oh causes. Oh God, you're you're amazing. You, you need yeah. Value. So we will evaluate. You need value when you donate to charity. True, and we will evaluate all of these decisions if possible. Um, okay, so let's finish up uh, with our picks. Uh, my first pick is going to be Cincy minus one over Baltimore. I actually put this down when Cincy was plus one, and I thought there was some value there. I think there's less value or, or probably pretty close to, you know, but I, I still think Cincy at home, short week, uh, Baltimore's a little bit overrated because they got to play against Nathan Peterman, et cetera. It's just the Nathan Peterman. It's like the butterfly effect. It's the Nathan <laughs> Peterman effect across the entire, um, entire, uh, world. So I like Cincy minus one. But, but when you say they get to play against Nathan Peterman, et cetera, do you mean Nathan Peterman and Josh Allen? No, and the entire Buffalo Bills team. That's the et cetera. I, I love your et cetera. Your et cetera is. I feel like that, that, that is the, that's the Jeff phrase. Yeah. Et cetera. Um, 100, 100%. Yeah. 100%. You, you always say one thing and then say et cetera. 100%. Okay. So my first pick, I'll take Carolina plus six at Atlanta. Carolina has some injuries there, but Atlanta has even bigger ones, arguably, with Deion Jones and Keanu Neal out. That's worth about a point and a half. Um, this is one where actually my my play level model disagrees, but but it's a very strong play with Massey Peabody, so I'm going to go with it. Carolina plus six. All right, and then I, I make it two. So there's still value at five and a half, five. Okay. So the next one is one that we agree on, which is Pittsburgh minus the four over Kansas City. Uh, we kind of talked about this before. Pittsburgh is uh, probably underrated. Casey's probably correctly rated now maybe who knows but um pittsburgh played much better than people realize even though they tied cleveland um what do you make this line i make the line 7.8 yeah it's a lot of value there and this line actually came down right it was like i think it was five and a half it came down to four yep um there's some sharps i know that are on pit pittsburgh also um in addition to us uh your third pick my third pick is going to be arizona plus 13 against the Rams. I make the line plus nine. The player model is actually closer to being in line with the market, but but I learned my I learned the hard way. Don't trust the player model. Trust this is Matthew also Peabody. this is also like the classic they overreaction. look so of shitty. So yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. But but right, I think it's a huge overreaction. It both in terms of Arizona and LA and how they looked and me overreacting to the player level model doing so poorly in week one. Right. Um, but I'm, yeah, I think that's, that's a lot of points. And, and I mean, Arizona did look that didn't look good, but they're actually, their play success wasn't that bad. They're 45% in play success against the Redskins. They just like never had the ball. And I Sam Bradford, like, eh, I, I, yeah, I don't like watching that guy play quarterback, but I, I'm going to hold my nose and take this one. <laughs> Tampa plus three over Philly is one for me. Um, again, like, Tampa at home. Don't think there's a big downgrade from Winston to Fitzpatrick. Um, Philly's offense last week was was pretty putrid, and it's not like they're getting Carson Wentz back for this week unless I'm missing something. So um, just still think there's some value here. You know, this is this is the one game matching two teams with injured quarterbacks. Yeah. You hate you you historically, and this goes back to two or three years ago. You and I are always disagreeing on Tampa. You always think Tampa's bad, and I always think they're better than they are. And sometimes you're right, and sometimes I'm right. No, I, I lean your way on that one, actually. I think the, the spread should be just about one. So, cool. um, next. I'm gonna go, so my next one, I'm going to take a favorite here. I'm going to lay the points. Dallas minus three against the Giants. I, I think the Giants are a bad team. They were bad going into the season, and they did not play well in week one. Um, I make the line seven. There's a lot of narrative now, obviously, about Dallas being terrible, offensive line being terrible, and the Giants having, you know, played a good game against a, a good Jacksonville team and a just lost. Game. That's I've heard people say that. So, you know, your buddy, your buddy, uh, uh, well, Who's Chad Millman liked the Giants a lot in that game, and 
I'm trying to remember if he said anything about it after the game. I don't think he did. I think he basically just said he lost that game. But he, he loved the Giants all the way up to plus three. Well, can I so, say the Giants, the Giants graded out 26, the Cowboys graded out 28. So both teams played poor. The Giants actually had 76. Poor. They fewer, played poorly. They played poorly. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. 76 fewer penalty yards than the Jaguars. Penalty yards than the Jaguars. Seattle plus the three at Chicago. I'm surprised you didn't have this one. This seems like a Massey Peabody pick. No? Um, it kind of does, doesn't it? Let me see. What do I make that one? I mean, yeah, actually, I mean, it is something that I've, I, I lean that way. It's not something that's going to be a Massey Peabody play. I, I got it at three and a half, actually. It's not, I don't have it at the play at three. Got it. Not too much to be said there, except for probably a little bit of an overreaction to week one. Um, Chicago, obviously, everyone thought they looked great. Um, Seattle, everyone thought they didn't look so good. Um, but if this line had been before the season, it probably would be closer to pick them, would be my guess. Your last game? That's true. Um, well, my last game is going to be Detroit taking six points against San Francisco on the road. That's, uh, you know, I, I actually don't, this is one where it's, it's not going to be an official pack, pick for Massey Peabody because the Massey Peabody number is, is um, actually five. Is that right? The Massey Peabody number is 4.9, sorry. But the player level model is plus one. And I, I tend to think also with the overreaction, um, to week one, I think that Detroit isn't quite as bad as you know they, they looked. They gave up. Did you know in, in the span of three minutes, they gave up a defensive, offensive, and special teams touchdown to the Jets? It was really ridiculous to watch. And, and they, they love showing Matt Patricia's face on the sideline being like, like, does this guy really look like he knows what he's doing? This he's, a rocket. Like a he's a, guy he's a rocket scientist. I don't know if you knew that. Well, he probably is like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. Because he's literally, it out. literally he's figuring it out right now. He's a rocket scientist. No, I know. It's he's, impressive. I don't know. He's a rocket scientist. Rules um, of okay, gambling. So don't bet against rocket scientists after they got embarrassed. Sure. He's a rocket scientist. Okay. Yeah, so um, I'll take that plus six. Detroit plus six. My final play is the Minnesota Vikings plus the one at Green Bay. Um, I think this line is actually correct, but it's purely a bet on far on Favre. I keep calling him Favre. Oh, I call him Favre like 17 times on Tony Kornheiser. It's a bet on Rodgers, okay, that he's not 100% healthy and that this pass rush could ding him up. And I think there's a relatively high probability of that happening, um, you know, because uh, I just fundamentally watching that game, seeing his lack of mobility, etc. So I feel like if there's any element of that, in this game, if you get any Deshaun Kaiser time, if you get any enhampered uh, Rodgers time, then there's value at Minnesota plus one. If if Rodgers is healthy and plays, say, 90%, uh, I probably won't win this bet. But if there's any level of him being injured, uh, I think I win this bet. I, you know, I like I kind of disagree in terms of the fact that if Rodgers is healthy, I still think you got a good chance. I mean, I, oh. I make the line Minnesota minus 1.2, which isn't... So yes, you you, one, you that's, like that's my not, thinking. I like your thinking here. I mean, cool. it's I I don't know like I have I don't know what the situation is with with Rodgers. Is that game on the board everywhere right now? Because is he can, is he supposed to play? I mean, I looked at this is the stuff I I saw or better early on. So I haven't looked recently if they've taken things off. Um, maybe they have. I don't know. I don't know. But but I mean, that was one where I sort of like highlighted and was like, is that going to even be up? Like, what's the deal okay. there? I use Rogers in my, in my model, but yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of like your thinking on there. I think that we kind of are on the same wavelength on a lot of these this week, which kind of worries me. No, dude, we were, we're like crushing it right now. Like our record right now is like 14 and what, 14 and five or something like that. I don't know. We probably should. All I know is it's really good and nobody is better than us because we're so good. Uh, it looks like that bet Minis that the Minnesota game is off on Chris, so maybe I should uh, pick that game because it is off. It is off here, as I'm yeah. looking. So I don't think that that's fair for me to use a game that's that's off. Uh, what are you gonna audible to? What will I audible to? I like some of your. I mean, I like Carolina a lot, so that's unfortunate that that you were on that. Oh, and Seattle is is three and a half now. It's three and a half minus one twenty, so it's juiced. 
Um, Cleveland, I'm off that bandwagon. They played really crappy, and you could easily see a world where the Saints open a can of, as they say in the business, whoop ass on them. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, without, if I need to pick one more game here, I'm going to do something I very seldomly do, uh-oh. which is I'm going to take, what's that? Is that uh-oh? What, what are you saying? Uh-oh. I don't know. Um, what, do you make, do what do you make the Broncos-Raiders game? Broncos-Raiders. I make it 5.9. Okay. Accurate what, pricing. What do you make the Saints-Browns? 9.9. Okay. I'm going to take the Saints minus the 8.5. Oh. I, I kind of like the narrative in that pick, though. Overreaction, Yeah, right? I mean. The overreaction not- narrative? Over oh well it's the it's the opposite of the Steelers too, right? Which is that the Browns didn't really play particularly well last week. Right, exactly. It's an overreaction on both sides. Right. Uh okay. Double I'm in I'm in Saints minus eight and a half over I never take big favorites, so this is this will be interesting at Cleveland. And I usually always bet on Cleveland, so really an overreaction. Because Cleveland really is always really the sharp side, apparently, that always loses, right? That's the narrative. Exactly. Uh, okay, guys. Well, that was that was fun. That was this week, and um, hopefully we do as well, if not better, than we did last week. But keep in mind that past performance is no what is it? No indication of future performance. No prediction. No guarantee. Future, no guarantee of future performance. I mean, past so performance. past performance. Past performance of a coin is no indicate no indication of future performance. But past performance. So are you saying that are you saying that our picking is like picking is like flipping a coin? I said that, well, it depends on if you think it's more like free throw shooting or more like coin flipping. Either way. Irregardless. Closer to coin flipping. Irregardless of anything. You mean regardless? (laughs) Irregardless. It's a word. Thanks for the time, guys. We'll see you next week.